episode 65 with Lexi Shiflet on the Nine Point Start with a Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Lexi Shiflet. We recorded this episode a little bit ago, but it kind of felt like now was time to kind of release it. And this episode and the next three are kind of about athletes that are really showcasing that, you know, we all we all have our own normal, you know, and and, she, and Lexi is um, an amazing athlete. She's on on the team USA sitting volleyball team and she's killing it, you know, from, from so many different things. And and what she kind of showed me through this episode was that parasport and athletes alike, you know, there's not enough attention there's not enough love and it's, it's like it's almost like a separate a separate world we make it but in the day we're all athletes and this episode you know you're gonna, you're gonna learn about her story kind of her her journey to kind of how she kind of found you know we're all in a sense beautiful in a sense of how how cliche that may sound but like we're all you know we're all worthy you know we all have the right to be an athlete you know it doesn't matter doesn't matter and there's no disability you know and and it is the sense that you can go for it so hope this hope this episode inspires you hope you want are curious more about sitting volleyball in the world of para-athletics and let's get to it well Lexi the question that everybody comes on is when you're younger as an athlete what's one of your bigger dreams and goals you want to achieve oh gosh so I was born um, missing, not missing. I had my right foot. I was missing my two, uh, my pinky and the second toe next to it. Um, I was missing that. So I only had three toes um, and I was missing a bunch of like ankle bones and my leg was a little shorter than my left. Um, And my parents, they got a lot of different doctor's opinions. Um, And basically what they came down to was nine months later, they amputated my foot. So I was nine months old when I lost my lower. I'm a below the knee amputee. Um, and then from there on, my like my parents' doctors, that, well, I guess my doctors, um, told them that the best opportunity I would have of being mentally positive would be to get involved with so many things, just everything under the sun, just so I would feel normal. <laughs> um, and so what they did was I was, I, I did so many things. I was in gymnastics. I did dance. I did Girl Scouts. I did, uh, I attempted like soccer for like a day. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then eventually the two sports that stuck with me in sixth grade were softball and volleyball. And so I played softball and volleyball all through high school. And at that point in time, like in seventh and eighth grade, all I could see for me for a future with athletics was, school because I mean I I grew up in a small town I graduated around with 150 people in my class so I didn't know any else like I don't even think I knew anyone at that point in time in my town with an amputee that with them as themselves but uh, so I thought the biggest I could go with athletics was just high school I didn't dream for college like I didn't think of anything higher <laughs> than mm-hmm. co- uh, college itself um, and then it was just it was so weird that that one day I was at a volleyball tournament for my club team. Um, and 
this lady approached me out of nowhere. I had no idea who she was. She came up to me. She's tall, like slim and everything. She looked very athletic and I was a little intimidated. And she goes, um, you mind if I pull you aside for a second? I was 15 years old at this volleyball tournament. I was like, sure. (laughs) And uh, she's like, you know what the Paralympics are? And I was like, I mean, I've heard of them. I'm not really familiar with what they are. Um, and she goes, well, she explained to tell me what they are. And then um, she asked me uh, if I knew what sitting volleyball was. I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just know volleyball. <laughs> I was so stubborn um, because I grew up like thinking I didn't have a disability. Even though I know, like, I grew up knowing that people thought I had a disability, but I also grew up thinking I didn't have one. <laughs> and... I was like, after all of it all, she goes, well, there's a camp for uh, sitting volleyball this coming weekend. Uh, would you, would you be interested in going? And I was like, I literally, I turned around, I was like, I'm 15 years old. I'm going to have you talk to my parents. (laughs) 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 And so it was really funny after that, she went and talked to my parents about everything. And actually that that next weekend I, I flew down to Oklahoma and I had my first training camp with the U.S. team as a 15 year old. Wow, that's awesome. So that, I mean, before then, I had no idea. Like, I had no clue what I, like, how far I would go with athletics. That's, that's wild. Mm, <laughs> it was, it was a little intense. <laughs> yeah. So for you, like, you said, you know, you, you grew up, like, saying, like, you didn't have a disability in a sense of the mindset. So what kind of helped you just to have that, that thing that kind of to say that I'm able to do anything that anyone else can do, regardless of what my you know whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um it took me a long time uh when I was in grade school I had a lot of bullying like it it comes like naturally with anyone who's different comes with some sort of like kind of like judgment type stuff yeah judgment and um so I grew up with the bullying from kindergarten to about fourth or fifth grade um and then it kind of just went away. Like I didn't like, but the thing is I was never adamant on making it stop. Like I was always thought like, all right, I'm different. All right, cool. Great. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, but after that, I kind of like started like actually like feeling the, the judgment and it kind of like settled in a little bit and it kind of all kind of like hit me. It was like, I don't, I was like, what if this is all I ever am? Like, what if this is all that people see me as is a person without a leg and a disability that can't do anything? Like, all I am is this, that, da, 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 everything that's true, what everyone else says. And then I actually wrote a paper on it when I was younger. Um, I was like a kid growing up in grade school. You don't really expect them to say that they don't want, they don't want to live in this world anymore because of all of that. And I wrote that paper. And they, I gave it to the paper to my aunt because my aunt at that point in time was like my rock and like my like person like I would go to like she was my babysitter like my mom when she worked like she had a younger sister who was in high school still and so she was with me a lot and I spent so much time with her and um, she would always tell me you're beautiful and the, one of the things is but growing up with her. <laughs> It was funny. Um, she used to like tweeze my eyebrows, and I would say, "Ow, that hurts so bad." 
She goes, it's painful to be beautiful, but you know what? You are the most beautiful girl I know. And I was like, I just like, it just sits with me every day. Like knowing her, like one of those moments, like kind of like, she was like my person who made me turn my thinking around being like, I know I deserve to be here. Like I'm going to prove my worth. And so about seventh and sixth grade, when I got really into sports, um, is when everything kind of like turned around for me. I made such a good group of friends who were very supportive of me. Uh, my, actually my best friend, Kenzie, she got me into softball. Um, and that was my first sport ever that I really enjoyed and actually wanted to continue to play. Um, my mom will say that's the day I die. She goes, you are always so much better at softball than volleyball. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like thanks mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, like just that, the, the, there's so like, there's certain people in your life that can have that impact on you just to immediately turn that thinking. And after that, I mean, I still held a little bit of like the judgment over my head, just kind of like to the point where I still, I have a lot of like social anxiety. Um, I always like was very timid and not out of like going out of my way to like meet new people. And just, I was very happy with the, the group that I was in. And I noticed that it started like playing like a huge impact on my life in every which way or form. There was one point in time in my life that my mom, I got in trouble <laughs> um, that I would not call the hair salon because I wanted to get my hair cut so bad. And I was like, seventh or eighth grade. My mom goes, you can call the salon. Like, it's no big deal. Like, why are you so scared about it? I was like, cause I don't want to do it. Like I had like, my social anxiety was that extreme where I would cry and throw a fit that I would not want to even call the hair salon just to see what time they closed. You're like, I can't do it. Nope. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Uh, oh gosh. It was, I remember that day so much. Like, I think back to that. Like, it's so funny to see that me and then me now. <laughs> and because, like, now I'll sit and I, I can, like, talk some, so like I can talk someone's ear off. Yeah. <laughs> I just go no, from point to point. But, and uh, it's, I just can't just, like, explain how grateful that I had that transition in my life from going, being like, no social contact whatsoever. I'm fine. Thank you. To, mm. hey, like, who are you? Let's be friends. <laughs> And it was like the, it was like the, it was the power of that circle. Mm -hmm. So, so for say there's like an, a kid out there or an adult, you know, it's like that feels that they're different, you know, and they feel that everyone is like kind of casting them out. What, what, what would you tell them just to, to know that, you know, like, like you're beautiful, you know, to that, just that whole like mind that stuff. I mean, if, if looking back and I could tell someone that I wish I could just say like, it gets so much better. Like if you go the right avenues and like, and honestly, my biggest downfall was I never asked for help. I hated asking for help. And once I did, it turned, my life turned around so much. Like, like it finally expressing how I actually felt and like someone who understood was like, it's gonna be okay. If I could say that to someone, was going through like a rough patch like I could just promise that person like if you have a great circle it's gonna get better like I promise like I could promise that to someone if that like it, it might it might be terrible in the moment and it might be the most awful thing in the world and just feel so sucky and to like turn around and like have that group like that rock of people mm -hmm. like stand next to you and be like you know what you're fine I think you're awesome 
and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, I can, I, maybe I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, like, there's just, I, I could go on and on about, like, what to tell someone because there could be so many, like, setbacks after setback after setback. And then finally, that one that just sends you way forward the those setbacks. And just yeah. be like, oh, finally. <laughs> that, that one opportunity that comes. Mm-hmm. Like, no one sees it coming. Like, it, that's the thing is it's so, it's like, literally that day I was playing at a jail volleyball tournament. Bam. Next thing I know, yeah. I'm on the, the next weekend, I'm in Oklahoma City training as in the USA sitting volleyball pipeline and then knowing that six months later I'd be moving up to the national team training for 20, uh, 2016 uh, Rio games it's crazy <laughs> so, so so going on that like, did the game change for you because you know, you're going from you know standing to sitting with it almost like wow what's a different game um so I still continue to play standing throughout high school until I graduated I started but the sitting game had made my standing game so much better. Oh, cool. Which is so, like, so compared to the standing game, the sitting game is, like, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the oh, sitting game is, like, the back half of a court of a, I consider, like, the whole court is the back half of a volleyball court. So it's so much smaller. And so things happen so much faster. And you're sitting, so you don't have a whole lot of time to, like, react to things, but my reaction times got so much faster. I could read faster when I went back to the standing game because the standing game was a little bit slower than the sitting game. Um, and so I could actually start reading the ball where it would go quicker than I would have before I started playing sitting volleyball. Um, and I always thought that was the coolest thing ever to know that, oh my gosh, hey, this Paralympic sport is so useful to the standing game into like able body players is what we call yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so it's um but like i i actually coached volleyball for the little bit um once i moved to oklahoma um i always implemented the sitting game in sort of some sort of way because it, it helps like i grew up like i played my last two three years of high school playing sitting volleyball and standing at the same time and it just made it so much better you're a setter, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when it comes to setting and, you know, and Pampera versus standing, is this still like the same game? Is that like how your set, like setup was? Um, setting wise, like the mentality of it is, yes. Um, you're still looking for your blockers uh, on the opposite side. Um, the only thing is, is that if you can actually move <laughs> yeah. to get from like, say like the worst position I say is like back left. Uh, so you would be in technically zone five um and you're in that position and trying to like move and counteract and like get in between people or like, it's just like being able to sit and move on your like on your butt like it's yeah. hard <laughs> definitely i watched a few games like online i was like oh this is this is challenging yeah it is it's um it's so funny i'll see and this is like part of like my nosiness um <laughs> i'll look like on USA Volleyball when they give a share uh, like kind of promote us for the sitting game and like you'll see people comment be like oh that's the lazy game and da 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 and things like that I just want to be like you have no idea <laughs> I was like it is so much harder than the standing game like I had no idea going into it I sat down my oh my gosh my whole body was so sore after my first camp like I didn't even know certain things could be sore after like, sitting volleyball 
it was, it, yeah, it was kind of a life-changing moment. After that, I started like learning a little bit more about the Paralympic games and stuff. And so I, just the knowledge of that, cause I wanted to be, I was intrigued because, you know, I went into thinking like, oh gosh, I'm playing a disabled sport. Great. Like, I don't want to be another one of those yeah. <laughs> because at that time I was thinking I'm not disabled. Like, I don't want to be disabled. So I, I kind of like going into it, I kind of had like a negative mindset. And once I got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, this is so much fun. I might, I'll have the opportunity to play after high school. Um, I ended up getting, uh, like once I got on the team, I was offered a place to live in Oklahoma. I could live here for free, go to school. And so I've been kind of on and off going to school, um, and playing still to, to, to tell today. So when you, when you went there, were you like the youngest in, in the group or was it like other athletes your age? At that point in time, it was me and my, actually my center counterpart, we're the same age. So we were, mm-hmm. but my counterpart, Kaleo, she was, I think 13, 13 or 12. I can't remember, but she started at 13 or 12. Youngest. And yeah, it's crazy. And, um, we ended up being the, like when I came on, we were the only two setters at that point in time. And she just went to London. She was at the 2012 games. And I just like joined the team like the month after the games and coming in and seeing her set. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like I was like in for like my buck. Like I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? And cause I went from being a high school setter. I mean, I wasn't the star setter at my high school, but I was like, kind of, I was the back, like, I don't know, like we ran a six, two. So we, we interchanged our setters. And, um, and when I came to the sitting game, we were in a, like with completely different offense. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I like try to change my game a little bit, like understanding everything. Like I came from a really small town whose game was a little bit smaller than somewhere all up at the, like the big, I call the big leagues. Like, yeah. I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> and it took me so long. It was up until this last year, year and a half that I actually like became like a starter in some games. Like it, it took so long. It took me like six, seven years to get to where I'm at now. And I'm like back and see all of that time. And I'm like, Holy crap. I spent all of this time. It's awesome. I've loved every single moment. I mean, I, I take that. I have loved every single moment. There's been times where I've been just like, oh, I just want to quit. Like, I'm tired. My yeah. body hurts. Like, oh, I could be going to school right now, getting my degree, and da 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 da. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I had those thoughts of just like quitting and like pursuing a degree and like getting my education done. And knowing, like, I've always had to tell myself that graduating high school, that I wasn't going to graduate with the people that went to college because. I was taking a different route than they were. And I see all my best friends, like they just graduated college this year. And I'm like, I'm like still considered a sophomore, but have fun, you guys. I'm really happy for you. Good job. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, shut up. You went to the games. So I'm like, and then it's like, duh. Like, yeah. you know, I have, I, I'm going, I'm still doing things. Like I'm still going to school. Like it's just taking a little, like different route. It's okay. You got them bling at home, you know, you got the, got the I medal. I do, I do. So just thinking back, like, you know, from being that, being the girl that was, you know, 
that was kind of bullied, you know, the thinking to where you are now. Mm-hmm. How how did how did that feel? You know, just to, just to see it kind of come full circle a little bit. Honestly, I still kind of have a little bit resentment to that because it's like I didn't ask for this. Like I was literally born with a disability. Like ah, but the other part of me is like, you know what? Like it's fine. Like you may do with it. Like you're totally okay. Like you are a complete different person you are now. And I am so grateful for the person I've become through everything that I've been through, regardless how it started. Because yeah, it was kind of a crappy start, but (laughs) I mean, to get where I'm at now is so rewarding Um, to be sitting here like, yeah, I went to the Paralympic games. I competed in 2016. I won gold to now be like, I'm training for my second games. And then we're hoping to get gold. We kind of had a setback at this last World Championships. We got silver. And so we're like, we have to kind of get in gear and start like really hardcore training again because it was a big turning point for us. We had just won gold at the games and we lost at Worlds and we're two years out to the next games and we're like, oh crap. Like we just got this gold. Like we want to hang on to it so bad mm-hmm. because we technically right now we are the number one team in the world and sitting volleyball. And so for us losing that, that tournament, like we're still technically number one, but that tournament was a big cost for us. Mm. And so we all are like, no, we have to get grind. We have to get there now because we don't want to lose. Like we don't, we want that gold title because, you know, I, I hear all the time from my teammates who were at, um, from London who got silver, like coming back from a Paralympic games, the gold medal, Everyone's like, wow, you got a gold. Like, that's so cool. Da, 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 da. And then they tell me all the time their stories when they got silver. And they're like, oh, it's okay. You got to play in the games. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. so it's like, ah, like they were like, we never want to have the, that feeling of silver ever again. Because I have a teammate who has been on the team since the women's team started back in 2004. And she got bronze and silver and silver. And then finally a gold. <laughs> so <laughs> been doing this forever. <laughs> so for for the U.S. it's like it's gold or, or nothing. Mm-hmm. We're kind of we we want it we want it real bad. <laughs> hey, that's what's what's about you know just saying like we have a standard that we got to reach. We have this kind of uh, motto. We have our thing is like being the bar. Like since we set the bar, how do we make the bar go higher? Ooh. And so we've been it's been a big challenge for us um trying to overcome and do everything like step at a time raising that bar just a little bit more like step by step like kind of like trying to see what we could change like what we could do to help our teammates because we're all so different we don't live like we don't train like most um like olympians like you hear about training um we come in and train for like once a month for a weekend and then we all go back to where we're at except for six of us. Yeah, six of us who train at, in Oklahoma City full-time. Um, but everyone else flies in per weekend a month, and we train all together. Oh, wow. So, so going on that, then, so it, it was almost, so this is almost like a side job for you. You guys, like, other, like work other jobs as well? Between, how did that work? Yes and no. Um, for me, this is, like, volleyball is like my main job right now um I do some like stuff on the side yeah 
make extra money type of stuff yeah yeah like i worked i used to work in retail um i started like post like i do postmates like now like to kind of help out with like get some extra cash um but you'll say volleyball for the most part like at least they cover my bills like they give me a stipend every month that i can cover all of my bills which i've been so thankful for because it's a lot (laughs) and so but at the end of all of it i have no money for the rest of the month so i have to like get something else in line to like help me get through um so that part's been a little help like it's been a little bit of a struggle um, I know I'm not the only one on my team who kind of has these struggles too uh but a lot of my other teammates who are older um we range from I think our youngest right now she's 14 or 15 um and she to our mid-30s is our oldest so we have a kind of a big gap of yeah. like athletes and age-wise um and the older like I say older. I feel like I'm still like a child myself sometimes. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and um, they they'll go back home to like where they live. Like we have girls that live in Illinois. We have one out and two out in California, New York. Um, we are literally all over the place. Florida. We have a girl in Phoenix. Uh, I think she's in Phoenix. She's in Arizona somewhere, but she's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're, we're all over the place and we all like come in and train for a weekend. So like this weekend is a training weekend for us. So all of my other teammates will be flying in today. They all got here between like noon and I think midnight they'll get in. And so like tomorrow morning we'll start off with like breakfast together and then we'll go to practice and we'll have a practice uh just whatever skill wise and then tomorrow or evening which is very rare for us we're actually having an exhibition match uh ukraine has flown into the country and we're playing ukraine tomorrow evening and then saturday evening and then sunday morning and so we'll still have our friday and saturday morning block practice and then just that one little training session on sunday but which is a game so this is a very rare weekend that we have where another country is like, Hey, we're going to come in. We want to like train with you guys because we, we've set that bar yeah. and like, we want all, like all these countries want to come in and train with us, which in the Paralympic world is so good for us because women's sitting volleyball is so new, even though it's been around for a while, but it's, it's still relatively new. And a lot of, countries are like they're not I wouldn't say not as developed they're the like the drastic difference from the men's league to the women's league is clear as day it's it's amazing to see how like even like across the world to see the differences between men and women's games to see the difference between men and women and themselves and other countries is like blows my mind it's wild a lot of part just to think that like your team winning gold and you're only practicing like once 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 a month together mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean we all have like regulations that we have to meet uh, a month um so like if we were technically a not like for me i'm a resident for usa volleyball so i train every day monday through friday in the morning from like nine to ten or it's not nine to ten uh six thirty to ten um and so I'm required to be at the gym at 6 30 to 10 where my um like the non-residents they uh they have to study like they where they have to put together their own practice plans they have to go in for a certain amount of training at a gym a week they have to send in video of them training they have to send in the workouts training anything else like to help them get through 
kind of like where the residents are because we're as residents we get everything given to us whereas a non-resident you have to make everything for yourself which is a little hard <laughs> that's a grind it is a grind i did it for three years uh before i moved to oklahoma uh in a little small town in minnesota i would ask my uh middle school if i could use their gym <laughs> Like just like rent it out for like an hour or two just to sit there and serve and like dig a couple balls from like my my volleyball coach, which is so different from the sitting game into the standing game. They're just like, oh, just sit down. I'm going to hit it to you. Like, it's so funny. You'll see like a person who's standing up here and the person who's sitting down here is someone just smashing a ball at you. <laughs> I we used to do it. Uh, I remember just practicing and just being like, oh my gosh, this is miserable. I I don't want to do this anymore yeah. and I moved to Oklahoma to get that training because yeah. I remember my coach saying the best that you could do for yourself is live at their training site for two years um at least that was minimum <laughs> mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I'll do whatever it takes like I want a roster I want to play um I don't want to sit on the bench anymore I was tired of sitting on the bench in high school I wasn't benched but like I wanted to play more than I got yeah <laughs> And so I was willing to put in 110% effort. I I wake up every day. Sometimes it's um, emotional push um, to get there. It really is. Um, it's hard. It's like getting up at 4:30 or not 4:35 or like six in the morning. Sometimes I don't even get out of bed till like 6:20 and be like, I have to be in the gym in like 10 minutes. Luckily, I only live five minutes from the gym, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's just like there's, ugh, I am definitely one of those people who like needs sleep, mm -hmm. and I have to have like eight hours to actually like fully function. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's off, you're like, hey, we gotta time out this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, it's been a, it's been a serious up and down struggle for me as an athlete. Um, and I would like I've always have couldn't help but wonder like if there was a better way to help. Paralympic athletes because right now our Paralympic team is training at a college university like most Paralympic teams are um you have uh wheelchair basketball they're professional like not necessarily professional they have college leagues for basketball or wheelchair basketball and they have that's as far as they go um I would say like probably like track and wheelchair basketball are like the biggest like Paralympic games like that anyone like mostly like would I would say would know um it's so funny to say oh you play spinning volleyball are you like wheelchairs that would really hurt but no <laughs> <laughs> that'll be rough too like how to wheel and hit it would, yeah i could only imagine i'm like oh <laughs> so let me ask you this then so so my, my goal is if i want to tell the most stories because i want not going to kind of be like a resource to really help athletes kind of achieve the version of greatness so so what type of thing would you would you want to see more from nine point anything like what will, will, will help you honestly my biggest like goal like i've talked about this with my teammates the marketing for the paralympic games in general have been so i wouldn't necessarily poor but like so underrated i feel like i feel as if the paralympics don't get as much media um as a lot of people understand like it's really hard. Like we walked into the Rio games and the first thing that one of the first things that we were told were 
oh, we're not live streaming your guys' matches anymore. We gave all of our like money to the Olympics. We have no money for funding telev like televising your guys' games. And so that was a, one of the first things that we heard getting to the to Rio. And we're like, are you kidding me? Like we we have family back home that want to watch us play type stuff. And exactly, like we promoted ourselves so much and to tell like I like we all like put out a post. You know, we apologize and like saying like we were promised to be footage and there's no footage and we we're sorry. Like we don't know what happened. Um, this and that and the it, it went as far as like my my parents went to Rio. Um, they Facebook lived our matches. And the worst part about it is that technically NBC still owned the rights to the, any footage that was in the arena. So anytime that once the live footage was over, it was immediately deleted from Facebook. Yeah, it was rough. Um, so if anyone that wasn't watching live, they didn't get to see anything until the gold medal match. They only televised, I believe they only televised the gold medal match in like segments, I believe. That's interesting. Yeah, it was it was a hard hit for us uh, marketing wise. Uh, I feel I feel a little bit like I, I'm a little skewed in some ways or forms, but I really wish I would see a little bit more of like appreciation and of uh, the Paralympics itself. Um, not even just as like USA sitting volleyball in general, like as a whole, I feel like we're a little underrated because people are like. Oh, you have a disability. Um, all right, cool. They don't understand what goes into it. Yeah, like a lot of people think that, oh, they're just like training like here and they're like, no, I train every day. <laughs> I mm. put in like sweat. I put in tears, like all of it all. I've been bruised to like no point in. Like it's just, and to like feel like that, all of that hard work is kind of like not worth sharing with everyone else, just like the Olympics. Like we just this last year, finally were able to get paid as much as an Olympian for winning a game. So I don't know if you know this, but the difference was at the Rio 2016 games, we were getting paid. Olympian was $25,000 and a gold, a gold medal compared mm -hmm. to a Paralympian, which was 5,000. That's a big jump. Yeah. And we fought, and then we fought so hard. Like, we we're like, we fought, we fought, we fought. And then finally, the USOC came out, or not USOC, whoever has the end of it all. Um, I don't like, I hate, like, uh, or uh, it was a kind of a hard bite to like bite down on because the fact that I was sitting here struggling with a car payment, I mean, knowing that I could have had a car paid off. Yeah. Winning, like, you know what I mean? Like, little things like that. Like, people don't realize, like, we, we all struggle. Like, like knowing and we train just as much if not more or equally we are we are equal training like to say oh you're not worth an olympian though sorry <laughs> yeah. um and then we got our hopes up when they're like oh we're gonna raise it to equal pay but they're like oh equal we only met like we'll do both 12 percent mm. so we went from five thousand to seven our $7,500 and then our Olympic counterpart got $37,000 and so we're like oh my gosh like it's, we're still fighting for that level yeah and like and we were even like as Paralympians we were like anything would be better than $7,000 like could you at least like match us for like a bronze like something like you know what I mean like yeah. 
I mean, yeah, end goal, I'd be wanting to be equal, but you know what, we're just, we're, we're reaching out for a limb here, like, give us a little bit more than that, like, we're not even worth a bronze medal at an Olympian. Like, yeah. help me help you, like, help yeah. me help you. Yeah, and so, it was kind of a hard fight, and then this last September, they finally put it to the athletes, they gave it to the athletes, all of the athletes, Olympian and Paralympians, to vote, if it should be equal pay or not, and it passed, and so, we now get the opportunity to win as much as an Olympian does. And so like, it's, it's slowly making, uh, like the Paralympic movement is like making its impact um, amongst people. Um, but I really wish I would see more explanations from media outlets, more people who would, you know, like promote us like in a way, not whether like, they feel like they have to, but feel like they want to. Because in the day, like, we're all athletes. Yeah, we all put in the same time and the work for it. We all work hard. And sometimes, and I, I hate saying this, but us Paralympians, sometimes we have to put in a little bit more. Like, we have to find our own resources. There isn't very many adaptive sports out there all over the country. Like, we have to make our own adaptive sport. Like, it's so hard. Um, like, we have to get, like, one of my good teammates, she's, um, for her to get, like, a sitting volleyball net they take a standing net and they flip the net upside down like they hang it from the bottom half of the net and bring it down lower to where our net would be and then cut off half of the, the regular size volleyball court and train that way like we have to like we adapt like we have to like yeah. create our own way to do it and it's hard um i did it in high school like that's how i did it um it since it we have to like like i said we do adapt and the fact that no one really recognizes that has been a little hard to digest a little bit uh, as athletes, because like I said, like you said, we're all athletes. No, that's, that's like how you're saying, you know, you were saying Olympian versus para. And it's like in the day, you're all Olympians because, you know, and it's like, and it's like, it's crazy how we're like segmenting, you know, people by, by whether like by you know disabilities or whatnot because in the day to win a gold takes a lot of work right it does it really does I can't even tell you my mindset that I mean I can't tell you my mindset but that I remember just being so like, like I've never been so mentally focused in my life the day that I came for a gold medal match at the Rio or at the Rio Olympic Games because it was unreal i woke up that day and it's so funny i remember waking up that day feeling so confident i'm like we got this like we're gonna kill it tonight and i know we are and we i wouldn't say obliterated but we came out way more than what we anticipated we won in three and we were playing china in the gold medal match and we had lost to china in the semi or in pool play so like so we were, mm -hmm, exactly um and so i just we i remember the first set was 12 25. i was like this is weird like we, we just lost these guys in pool play like what's happening like but the way that we changed as athletes like we went into our next day's practice because we played every other day we got the chance to play every other day which was wonderful um so on the days off, we had a pra like an hour practice. And that hour practice, we saw what we were doing wrong. And we specifically worked on that, which was 
um, China, they love to go high hands. Like when we're blocking, they'll go from here up and then shoot the ball out of bounds from off the block. And so we sat there working all day, reading whether the uh, hitter's arm was either here, because if it's here, it's going off high hands, out of bounds. And if it's up here, it's going straight down. We worked on an entire hour of just reading that. And then that next day, it was like 12.25 first set, 12.25 second set. And then I think it was like 22, 23 third set. And we won and we're like, did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> like we were like astonished on how well we played. Like we came out fighting. Like we wanted that gold so bad. That's awesome, nigga, because like me not not never ever kind of playing the sport, I wouldn't really know what goes into training or how do you read stuff like that. So it's cool to kind of just hear how you said we saw we, we didn't do well and we just fixed it the next day. Mm-hmm. It was it was an intense like we were we knew what we wanted and the fact that all of us put like 120, 110 focus into the that, that one specific skill because that we knew that was going to either make us or break us in that next match. And it's, there's so many things. I've been so grateful for my coach who has put so much time and dedication into the sport, um, learning, like scientifically learning. He sends in people to study our game <laughs> and to like, to understand what in certain specific skills, like hitting wise. Oh, hey, your elbows drop below your shoulder. You need to get it up, otherwise you're just not going to go over the net. Because in sitting, you don't get to jump. Like, it's all yeah. on your, your butt. Like, uh, you literally, your body is how well, like, you're going to play. Strictly, yeah. which is every athlete. But, like, for me, I'm considered one of the shortest players. I'm 5'4". <laughs> okay. And I'm – obviously, I'm not a hitter because I'm a setter. Um <laughs> Uh, but like my tallest is like six two, six one, and I just sit there and like, hey, <laughs> oh, those girl. I just I seeing them hit. I've always been like like me. Like I want to match. Like I want to be like I want to be as center as you. I tell my one of my teammates. I'm like, I aspire to be like you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I may hit like a percentage as hard as you do, but. <laughs> I'm gonna get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it, it's awesome. Like we like the the relationships I've even like I've made through this team have been amazing. Like we've all talked about how much like the Paralympic Games like in general just mean to us, and we've talked about how undermarketed that the games are, and how a little uh, I wouldn't necessarily like, go as far as saying like discriminated against, but like a little. Not understood or represented, right? Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. It, it just like it's sometimes like there's been times where we felt like, oh, like the organization itself, like not USA. But, oh my gosh, USA Volleyball has been so wonderful to us. Like they took us under their wing. Like they, we call them. So we call it our big umbrella. Yeah. And so USA Volleyball oversees the two indoor teams, the men and women indoor teams, the beach teams, and then us, the sitting teams. And then luckily we oh, were hoping it's said to in 2028 for the LA games that they're adding pair of beach back. 
So it'll be three man instead of two in the standing. So we'll be back to standing um, beach. um, And there'll be three of them instead of the regular two. And so I am so excited for that. They just had their last, uh, their first training camp last week, last weekend. Awesome. I was walking the other day in the cow, like they're doing like snow volleyball now. And I was like, that's intense. <laughs> it, oh my gosh. They've been like promoting that. I've, I'm a little jealous too. Sometimes like I've, well, I've seen the winter year. That, their stuff is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, that sounds pretty fun. It's down the snow, you know, it's, it's a little cooler and just. Yeah. I, I don't know how I do in the cold. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota, so I know what cold is, but at the same time, like, ooh, it's nice to have warm weather. <laughs> Definitely. So, so this is, this is something I want to do. Your teammates are interested. I would love to interview them all because, because my, my thing is like, we need to share more stories because there's a lot of stuff like this that you don't know about para sports or just sports in general, because you don't, you don't hear about you guys enough. And right. I, love to, I love to help share these guys' stories. Yeah, no, I would love to even just like share with my team, like, hey, I will sh- literally anything that will help us just in general, like share the Paralympic Games, USA Volleyball, USA Sitting Volleyball, like we're we want to sh- like we want to share because we want people to understand we're tired of people being like, oh, it's a lazy sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come here, let me try it. Yeah. Have like a little trial, like, hey, come out and try it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's so great. We, I mean, but we respond like we're so respectful that people who have commented like that, we've been like, you know, like we'll like send a message, be like, hey, you know, what? just try it out, and if you think it's any different than what you think it is, then that's your opinion. Yeah. Like, just try it. Like, you don't know until you try it. So, so for anyone out there right now that's you know, I would say athlete or, or non-athlete, what would be, I guess, your advice just on just on how to go about the journey um honestly i would say just try anything like get out there and try everything possible because you don't know what you're going to find um i remember this is one thing i kind of left out i mentioned earlier but i remember going into my prosthetist when i was around 11 12 years old and they had mentioned sitting volleyball but i kind of like you know like tucked it in the back of my brain like whatever cool (laughs) and I like and the guy I talked to they're like oh okay so do you know this person after this was after I started training with the the team in 2012 and like oh my prosthetist actually knew one of the sitting players that I was competing with she would come up to Minnesota and get her prosthetics from him and I was like that's my teammate (laughs) and like and sitting there thinking back I was like I could have had the opportunity so much sooner than I did I just ignored it because I was scared I didn't want to be perceived as different or weird or whatever and then I did it and then people thought it was so cool that and there was like and then I tried it and I loved it and I think I also mistook from things that from my past uh, into that being able to share with my future because I, I held a lot of resentment of not trying new things ish I would say more disabled like I like this is how far it goes I completely ignored my father who kept trying to get me one of those running blades when I was in like like growing up like high schoolish and I ignored him I said no because that like you can see that that makes me a disabled person you could see that (laughs) and like 
fact that it's like now it's like I wear my running blade every day because it, it one I walk so much better in it and two my back doesn't hurt at the end of the day like it's just like the like the fact of like not being afraid to take those steps don't be afraid I would say don't be afraid basically don't be afraid to be you yeah that don't be afraid to be you don't be afraid to try something new I used to be so afraid of trying new things and like now like like my boyfriend now so like I work he was like hey like do you want to go play pool I'm like at first I in my my my, my initial thought my brain was like no I don't want to play but then like my, like it's that rethinking that helps you take a step back and be like you know what? you don't know how to play maybe you should go out and learn how to play maybe you'll like it <laughs> Definitely. I just honestly it is so like people get stuck in that negative like mindset and the fact that I've been so 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 fortunate to have a sports psychologist like that USA Volleyball brings in a sports psychologist for all of us to help us rewire kind of how to think and it's been so beneficial to me to go from a negative back to a positive because there yeah, you're never going to get rid of that initial thought. Like, mm-hmm. it's always going to be there. That voice is always there. Yeah, but if you can rework that in your brain in, into a positive, it'll help so much. Like, I, I am so thankful for, like, the, my sports psychologists that I've had in the past because they've helped me become such a mentally better athlete like I will not go into a set saying you know what I messed up I'm like I'm done for like I don't want to play anymore to going you know what hey that was not great next point let's go (laughs) yeah like it's such like just the 180 but I also like it's also funny to say too because like I was in high school when I started it's okay to learn all of this (laughs) yeah like it's totally fine to like backtrack it's okay to remember who you were and be like yeah probably wasn't the best approach but you know what we're here now and that we're gonna make the best of what we've got i love that that's i love that just uh it's a journey like almost like what you're standing first started you know it's a journey to to get to where wherever you're going you know mm-hmm. you don't you don't always know where you're going be kind of you kind of an idea but it's mm-hmm. like so yeah yeah i feel that at this point i've got the paralympic games right now hoping to finish school after all of this um after that I'm hoping maybe to get started nonprofit, but we'll see. <laughs> hey, definitely dream big. I love it. And mm-hmm. last question for you, social media wise, the website, anything we can kind of mention right now, where are you at? Um, I personally don't have a blog or anything, but I do have my social platforms, uh, Facebook, um, Instagram is my biggest one. I use Instagram way more than anything else. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, I'm just kind of falling off the face of the earth with Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But but Instagram's probably like my biggest one that I use. What's your handle? People can go follow you. What's your oh, what's your okay. Uh, Lexi Chiflet. All one. Right. There's no numbers. Just smooshed together. <laughs> cool, cool. Lexi, it's been great talking with you. Like just kind of learning more about it. It's not that much different, you know. And it's and, and it's just we're all athletes, you know, trying to achieve big mm-hmm. dreams. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's always great to just start the conversation. Like with literally everything that's been yeah. going on lately, just start the conversation. conversation. Definitely. Hey, will, will you enjoy the rest of your weekend with your, with your teammates and, and, and beat Ukraine? Uh, thank you. We, we will, I hope. <laughs> awesome. Enjoy the rest right. of your night. Yo.
Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.